Welcome to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. We're here with somebody a little bit special. Two people a little bit special. This changed on me last minute. We are here with Justin and Greg, who, to those who don't know, are social media tycoons. Tycoons. I think tycoons, tycoons make money. First time you know, I've been called a tycoon engine. before. Yeah, that's that nice. I wasn't playing. I love game. railroad tycoons. Yeah, so. we get called tycoons in the deck industry. We don't make any money either, so we can share this bond. on decking or podcasting. Oh, right? good. Yeah. Podcasting's yeah. costing us money right now, actually. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Anyway, Justin and industry Greg leaders. are here to talk to us today a little bit about how to market your business, pick up more clients, increase your close rate. Something a little bit different, a little departure from our typical podcast here, but I think this will be. Extremely interesting. We'll have fun. Yeah, so. we'll tell some good stories. And mm-hmm. You'll laugh, time. maybe a little. Yeah. If you're local, you've heard of these guys, probably. If you're from Las Vegas, you've heard of them. You maybe have heard of them. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. You guys travel. But if you've just gone to a deck show in Vegas, you maybe haven't heard of us. Maybe. You know what? The deck show is in Vegas in a, in four weeks. As it should be. You guys should mm-hmm. come. Wait a minute. We cool might be there in four weeks. February. No, what is it? 18th. Oh, oh, actually, we might be. Might be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're just waiting on the premiere. Let's make this happen. His schedule. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, tell us a little bit about you guys because not everybody knows who you are. Not for any lack of your own doing, but these guys are contractors. We started out as Pigeon Social, two guys who had ad agency backgrounds, came together to start doing like marketing consulting. A lot of it was online based, most of it was online based, and then it kind of spoiled and turned into Justin and Greg content creators. Yeah, we worked with businesses in the the social media world primarily because there's just such an opportunity for attention there and we loved it and we loved making content and then we ended up starting the show and fell in love with the show and then kind of do that full time. We've had, you know, Rural Uber did 10 million views. Other videos done millions of views and yeah, we just make fun content online but at the same time using our marketing hats so that we're not just making content, we start movements as well for our entire province to adopt the Vegas Golden Knights and they're now in on it and Jimmy yeah. Fallon we Both were just are, in New right? York like and the province is in on it and the Knights mm-hmm. are in well, on it well the Knights yeah. love so, it but they can't get enough of it we've so. got an official statement from them saying they, they, they're they all in we get to hang out with the players we actually got a random text from a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend that said basically there's something coming from Ottawa from the MPs in Ottawa about that campaign so we're yeah. still waiting for the video to come through but crazy yeah, yeah. hang out with our buddy Jimmy Fallon in New York not really but we got managed to work our way into a private tour of the Tonight Show, get him experience Regina t-shirts, and we always like to have fun. So we we use marketing plus social to make dumb videos on the internet. And I will clarify that we have worked with, you know, National Crown Corps, insurance, agriculture, like you name the industry and we've got some sort of experience in that. And that's why a lot of what we talk about is it's high level marketing like tactics mm-hmm. that work as a whole based on even the behavior. ultimate deck shop. You worked with the ultimate deck shop a little bit, which probably I would have to think is page one in your portfolio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it, I mean, it's big page, and you're on there <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> you just would, have a longer page. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do, right? It's a one-page website. Yeah, it's a very long yeah. one-page website. Yeah. 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 On that one. Yeah. So, who's Justin? Who's Greg? Tell me a little bit more about your personal lives. Let people know you a little bit here. I'm Greg. I what am I? 33 years old. Oh man. I'm from. I'm born in New Brunswick. Grew up in Calgary. I now married a woman from Regina. So I'm from Regina, Saskatchewan. There you go. Got a two-year-old daughter. Love the Boston Red Sox. Holy. Love the Vegas Golden Knights. In my spare time, I like to be alone. <laughs> I'm yeah. an introvert to recover. So like, yeah. I want to read books and not talk to anyone. That was my birthday, actually. I just, was just celebrating. The greatest birthday I had this past year was me by myself watching a movie. With How many a- birthdays did you have this year? Yeah, that's uh, a good question. Yeah. Just one. Just yeah. one. I have a biannual birthday. I try really hard to have one on the six-month mark yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's Some people have a birthday day. week, yeah. but like mine is in... Twice a year. Well, just in case. Just in you case never know, dud, right? right? No, so, I had an afternoon, but it was me, a pint and a pizza and a movie by myself. I'm like, this is 
euphoric. That sounds like a good night. That's a good word. A good afternoon, actually, yeah. I'm Justin. I'm, I turn 32 tomorrow, actually. Um, I quit my last job four and a bit years ago. I had an option to become a partner in an advertising agency, and then I quit and did my own thing, and that was the best decision I ever made because we're having fun. And um, yeah, I've got three kids and a wife, and we do this, and when I'm not doing this, I'm making other videos on the side for fun. And yeah, I love getting in front of a big crowd. And that's stepping away from the ad agency when you're right at the edge of being able to go into it, right? And it's like, you've done the sure thing, now you're going to be part of the ownership of this business and to actually just completely back away from that and go out in your own like it was funny stones it was funny to come in i basically read a book on i was feeling like weird about it and then on sunday i read a book that a friend had been recommending and it was basically talking about exactly what i wanted to do and monday i quit i didn't know what i was going to do i just knew i couldn't do what i was doing it worked out in the end yeah Yeah, man that's empowering (laughs) good for you so how'd you guys end up Funny. Like married in Vegas, I assume. Well, I mean, <laughs> how, I, did you, how did you almost meet? that kind Tell of whirlwind? The story. Well, it, it, we were essentially strangers when we started our Facebook live yeah. show together. Like I had met Justin, I think it was a total of four times mm-hmm. where we did our first Facebook live show. And after the second episode, which was a weekly, we did one a week. Second episode, he said, you should quit your job and come work with me. My wife was on mat leave. We had just had our, our daughter. She was uh, like a month or two old. And he was like, quit your job. I'm a stranger. Come trust me and come start this business. <laughs> and at that point in my life... I was ready for something new. I realized that, you know what? It's now or never. I mean, I might I have all this change in my life. I might as well just keep going with change. And so I quit to start a business with a stranger. And that has never been more true where we're finding things about each other every day. We're like, oh, this is how you deal with stress. Good to know. Yeah. But I'm two years into it now. So everybody's yeah. got a story about that. You left Look Matters, correct? Yep. Which yep. is local. And you left, were you with Brown right before yep. you did this? Okay, cool. So yep. two pretty established, well you know, known successful agencies in town and you walked away to do your own thing. You guys have been killing it though, honestly, for the last, what do you mean? That's a couple of years now? Yeah. I mean, two years next month, I guess, officially, yeah. but yeah, Justin and Greg since yeah, two years, November. Yeah. December. December. Yeah. 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 So just over two years. It, it's wild because a lot has happened in two years. Yeah. We won't, like so much of what's happened to us though, hasn't been, people look at it and go, wow, you probably thought about that. You know, like, so for example, we created the intro video to game five of the Stanley Cup final that was played in Vegas for the cup final. They all came yeah. out to it. The players watched our video in the locker room before they came out. We didn't plan that. Like a lot of what we do is we react to situations and there's, you know, how can we make the most of this? Well, let's just go this way and see what happens there. Which I think is a lot of the best ideas. I mean, you can have good plans, you can do all that, but especially when it comes to social or anything on the internet, taking something that is happening and then building upon that gives you an immediate leg up over trying to make your own thing happen rather than trying to create the platform right or the space or the idea just it's there build on it right yeah snowball i like the reference to the vegas knights playoff video because i think if anybody's seen you in the states that's listening to this they might go back to them and be like oh i remember i watched the stanley cup finals and i saw it who knew that these guys would end up on the best yeah. podcast in the world yeah. <laughs> yeah it was bizarre for us right? <laughs> but it speaks to like what justin and greg is all about for us is to say that in the internet age you should be able to have an impact on the world from wherever you're from and you guys know that because you have an impact on your industry from right in Regina. And we're the same way where we go, well, just because we're from Regina doesn't – like we're still yeah. people and we're creative and we've got talent. So why should it limit us where we're from? And that's kind of what we've been trying to do. I think you know, the, the secret is though is you just have to do a lot of stuff. Like there are people who 
I mean, they see like roll Uber. Okay, 10, mil, 10 million views, but we have no a lot. No big deal. Of, no big deal. We have a lot of videos that did almost 10 views. You know, like there there was a lot of bad videos. <laughs> that's what I'm comfortable and, with. Yeah, <laughs> 10, 10, views. 10 views. A lot. And that's a funny video because that video, we planned it in 30 minutes, shot it in 30 minutes, edited it in 30 minutes, and then posted it. So it was about 90 minutes total time and it did 10 million views. And the CEO of Uber watched it and thought it was funny. You know, it but, is funny. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's a man. good one, right? <laughs> so being from rural Saskatchewan, the directions in that video are like spot on. Drive to the barn, turn left, go past the scarecrow. You know, like we like like my father-in-law. He's a he's a farmer, and so he yeah. actually helped us out with some of the lines of like, "Hey, you should put one about the dead where the dead skunk was last year in there because that's a real thing." And <laughs> it sure is enough, they were like, "Hey, that's my life," and I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool, hundred percent." Past the washboard that Karen hit last summer yeah. after a high school party. <laughs> right. The washboard. Yeah, we so were, much washboard. We were there. laughing because the comedian Canon Jerry D made this video for he was promoting. There's like the Women's Canadian Hockey League, I think it is. They're all-star game. And so he did a video promoting it by just like roasting them, like making fun of them, not being good. But obviously they were all in on it and it was very sarcastic. But people who weren't his audience got a hold of the video and they were tearing him apart yeah. online. Yeah. And it was just, it was one of those things where that video was intended for his audience. And when it got outside of his audience, they didn't get it. Well, it reminded us of the time where we tried to make a video with Jerry D about welcoming him to the city and promoting the fact he was coming to the city, but he didn't know us and didn't get it. And called security on us you know so like you have some wins story. and you have some losses at the same time and so we That's walked lesson, in and like, yeah. know your audience know who you're speaking to he's coming to. back here pretty soon yeah think, he is. Is. are you guys I, on a blacklist of sorts or well, I, mean, I don't know yeah, yeah, exactly. he might go around him this time to have a friend endorse us to get him on the show but yeah we'll see uh, we'll see yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, let's kind of jump into, I mean, the point of bringing you guys in here today is because uh, contractors out there, they're typically, well, I shouldn't say all of them. There's some junk ones out there, but there's a lot. The guys that are listening to this podcast, of course, are great craftsmen. They know how to get out there and they know how to build a deck or some of them are building kitchens or whatever, building houses. They're great at their craft. What a lot of them struggle with is the business aspect of it. They can hire a bookkeeper, no problem. Most of them do, or they have a family member doing the bookkeeping for them. But the marketing side of the gig is always tough for them. How do they get more leads? How do they close more leads? How do they just kind of build a rapport with an industry that has a bit of a band-aid over top of it in people's minds because everybody knows somebody who's been burnt by a contractor. So the point of bringing you guys in is like, let's help these guys kind of get the ball rolling on some common sense things they can do to get more business. Some things they can manage themselves or give them the direction of where they can get some help, right? So the first question I wanted to go with is kind of to step back away from where we've gone so far is to talk about traditional media and whether you guys think that there's any value in traditional media for small outfits because it's generally expensive, especially for small operations. Is there any way that these guys can use traditional media? I mean, I'm not going to say no, because any anything can be a solution in the right environment. Like here in Saskatchewan, in these small towns, Saskatoon and Regina, their radio is actually quite strong for this region. But in a lot of places, it's not. Uh, but when it comes to like small businesses and, and shops, like social media can be so effective because it's, it's cost effective. You can target your audience uh, very, very easily. But again, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast have tried that and failed. Like it's not just because it's cheap and easy doesn't make it necessarily effective. And so you got to know what you're doing to be to be good at anything. Yeah, just creating a just any random sort of like blog or post and mm -hmm. then pushing the boost button is not 
Like that's yeah. that's ineffective, that, right? That is in many cases now just throwing away money. And people don't realize how things that worked on Facebook that sometimes you even learned about they're two years old, just they're they're completely useless now, but they were then. And that's maybe the toughest thing with the new social space is it changes so fast. And for a lot of people, I think even ourselves, is we weren't kids when Facebook was around, you know? And for a lot of people still running businesses is they're comfortable with TV and radio and and print and, and billboards because that's what they grew up with and they understand it. And the new world can be very weird because, you know, they don't understand it. Uh, you know, the problem with traditional media or the challenge that can also be effective is it is very broad and it's hard to actually find the specific people that you want to talk to. Whereas on social, you can get very, very much targeted. And so you are paying because you are reaching so many people through TV or through a billboard or through some of these other areas, which can be great if you have a very broad message. But if you have a very specific message, then, you know, that ends up being a challenge. And like you said, it's expensive because you're buying so many impressions where if you can actually figure out who you want to talk to on Facebook, you can target down to 18 people and get the message in front of the 18 right people. But And there's a reality there, too, that people need to recognize that just because magazines or billboards or TV worked 20 years ago, it's actually not the same thing. Like the, the media landscape is so fractured now. You, Justin, you did the example of, I think when MASH was like at its peak season finale, like 100 million people tuned in to yeah, watch. it was like 120 million people. And now the biggest show on TV is Big Bang Theory, and that's like 20 million people. And so mm-hmm. you don't actually have the same eyeballs, but you're guaranteed paying the same cost as it used to, if not substantially more. If not more, yeah. And right? the other thing that you don't know, which you can have this exact same thing happen on social or digital advertising, is is somebody even watching the commercial? Because, I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not looking forward to the commercial break or hoping that when I'm watching a video on TSN on their website, hoping that they serve me four more ads before I get to watch my video. Like, we don't want to be advertised. There's for sure a bit of a gap between what registers as a view or a listen and what people are registering in their minds, right? Mm -hmm. You can hear it, but you're not listening to it. And that's, I feel like radio sums that up for me. I know we've done some radio advertising. For sure, people are hearing it. The radio is on, but are they actually listening to the message that's coming out? It works for sure, because we have people that walk in the store and they're like, heard your ad on the radio, Mm -hmm. right? Some do, yeah. The amount of money we spent to get that those five people to come in the store, it was a lot. Right. ROI, so, <laughs> old-fashioned yeah. ROI, if you will, right? Is Let's say we're talking about small operation. we got a budget of five to $10,000 to spend on traditional media. Let's leave social for later because i got nine more sure. questions about social. Five to $10,000 that you're going to spend on traditional media, where do you put it? Yeah, again, like for me, it depends on the market. Uh, but I mean, depending, as a contractor, depending on like if the creative is awesome too, like they can have a huge impact. Like I've seen billboards that have stopped me on my tracks, but like that's hilarious. You have all my attention now, or a well-timed bus ad. Doesn't matter what it is, like it can be, it can be effective. Yeah. I, for me, I was going to say I'd spend most of it on the creative, whatever the creative means. But the thing is, is the radio ads that I listen to are the ones where it's not somebody telling me about their products and services for a full thirty seconds, which is what a lot of businesses do. Is they go, I've bought an ad in the newspaper, I've got a billboard, I'm going to tell people about what I do. The problem is, I don't care. <laughs> As opposed to the best billboards that stop you in the track or around here we have like cow count ads. I'm always listening because there's a gimmick and it. it's fun. Reginajobshop.ca. There are these, these commercials that I know I'm going to laugh that I turn down all the other commercials and then when I hear that one coming on, I want to hear what the gimmick is or what the funny bit is or what it is or in the newspaper ad or in the – like just – we, we have this idea that if I buy a 30-second TV spot or radio spot or a billboard, 
people are all indebted to listen to that. And it's like, no, I don't have to listen to the TV commercial. I don't have to watch it. I can pull up my phone. Even, you know, the problem with billboards is, you know, every passenger and half the drivers are on their phones while they're driving around. Like the attention, it's not the same level of attention, but just because you run a 30 second ad doesn't mean anybody's going to listen to 30 seconds of the ad, or they might listen for the first three seconds and go, oh, this is just an ad and either turn down the volume or just tune out mentally. And maybe they're subliminally, but when you buy traditional media, a lot of people feel entitled to the results of that and it's you know you if you buy traditional media you're actually just getting a ticket to the game but then you have to earn people's trust mm-hmm. and attention for sure with yeah. through the creative and if you can't do that then you're you know you're still gonna make sales because people will hear the message and walk in the gap is like it can be way more effective if you can actually catch someone's attention and get them coming back to you so yeah spend the money on creative if you're gonna do it fine do it but make sure that but be interesting what you put there is and, good right and the funny thing is, so we, this is kind of related to social, but but not, but we have friends that run a very serious social media marketing agency. But the thing about social is you get the data back on what's working and not work, what's not working. The funny thing is for generating leads in all the research and all the data they get back, the, the creative that none of us would ever pick that we look at and go, that's not nice. It looks terrible. looks trashy. It, it doesn't, that is the stuff that performs. That's what resonates and, with people. Right? Yeah. And it's like, it becomes relatable and the science of it is it, it feels much more than when you've got really pretty creative. So we're not saying don't spend money on like the best designed or the most polished or, you know, having this this squeaky clean brand and that. No, spend money on being interesting in some kind of way. Make yourself memorable in a way that you can believe in as a brand. And it comes back to who you are is you need to be polarizing. If there's not people who don't like you, there's nobody who loves you. And you need to find a way where you're not trying to please and impress everyone and have everybody like you. You are going to lose that way. Instead, go, this is who I am. I'm going to stand for this. And I'm not afraid to piss a few people off in order to be able to be awesome to all these people who are going to be my brand That's champions. a great, great message, I think, for today's world out there. That's good. I mean, there's people that get offended over nothing nowadays. So you can't. Literally. No, that's not true. No <laughs> yeah. way that's true. Yeah. I can't believe you said that. I that's not true. You can't already. say that. Yeah. Exactly. I'm offended by that statement, actually. <laughs> How dare you? So my question was a little bit leading in the fact that, and I, of course, we right away go to traditional media in the sense of radio and TV and et cetera, et cetera. But for contractors, what contractors still get a lot of value out of for a very little amount of dollars is putting some sort of attractive wrap on the trailer, trucks, sure. lawn signs, canvas the neighborhoods, talk to the neighbors that you're working in. We've seen some guys that have gone out there and printed up letterheads that have gone to the, you know, the 10 houses to the right of the house I'm working at and the 10 houses to the left of the house I'm working at. And it's just a simple message that says, hi, my name is... Select Dex, Select Dex, James from Select Dex. Just to let you know we're working in your neighborhood. We apologize if our trucks and trailers or any of our construction mess, whatever yeah. happens to inconvenience you in your home. If you have any troubles whatsoever, please give me a text at this number. Blah blah. What a genius way to to Brilliant. come across as being Absolutely. like I'm here. We all know that that <laughs> he's what advertising. He's, at, yeah, he's advertising. for sure. He's yeah. going to pick up jobs for sure. But the position of taking just an honest, absolutely good-hearted man who's just saying like. I don't want to inconvenience you. I'm a good person. Who are they going to call and if they need a deck, right? That, they're going to phone that guy. And an invitation. I've seen their letters too to say an invitation to stop in at the backyard to work in. If you want to see how this yep. goes, come say hi. Well, like, and great. even better, I'm like, the way I would spend my traditional money in that sense too would be, we're really sorry for the inconvenience. Here's a small token and throw a $5 Tim Hortons gift card in there. 
times that by 10. And it's crazy. I mean, we've all seen what people will share on Facebook to win a $2 prize, like a thousand shares. But a little thing like that where you go, hey, go buy $25 gift cards. It's going to cost you a hundred bucks. You're going to put that in all the mailboxes and they're like, nobody does that. And that is such a small little thing to say, hey, we're in the neighborhood. We know it's inconvenient. Coffee's on us. You know, if you haven't, but the feeling that that gives, and that's what we love is we love feelings. You want to give somebody a feeling rather than just like, hey, a message or it's nice or tell them about just a sale or information. Give them a feeling. Yeah, I I go in and say that these guys, if I'm that homeowner, they care about me. I mean, even if they're lying, they give me the impression (laughs) that they're caring about me. Absolutely. I have their number. I can go see the stuff. Like to me, I know who you are now. And I'm aware of it. I might have not even noticed you before. Yeah. Traditional marketing is all lying anyways, right? You're on, it's, you, you hear a company on radio and they're like, we have the best customer service. Everybody that has ever ran an ad on radio or TV has the best customer service. Yeah, but we That's actually do. I, we do. We don't say it though. I'm or not going to just values. pin, I'm not going to pin that just on traditional media. That's every bit of marketing. It doesn't matter. It's like marketing 101. Every, Page one, tell everybody how good you're. Yeah, what are your values? Your values are you're trustworthy, you're respectful, yeah. you're hardworking, you're, you know, all this. I guarantee you, if 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 everybody listening to this podcast actually had done the branding exercise, they would go, oh, what are our core values? Oh, yeah, integrity, respect, <laughs> trust, honesty. <laughs> like, it's all the same. And every single contractor has those values, but living them is a completely different thing. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a great way to spend, like, we're talking about 5,000 bucks. Do that 50 times. You build 50 decks a year. You well, do that little $100 exercise 50 yeah. times that year. Or what about taking care of the customers you already have? Where I, it's like you, you have your customer's information each year at Christmas or twice a year, send them a letter with the $5 Tim Hortons gift card. Just saying, hey, thank you, we really value, you know, you as a customer. If you ever have anybody who, you know, needs a deck, let us know. Anyway, here's a small thank you for being a customer. Throw something in there. Like that's memorable. Yeah, because you can never spend enough to get to the value the referral has. Absolutely. You can never spend that amount. The referrals are the biggest in any industry, but especially with contractors where there is trust issues. So yeah. you're going to hire somebody that you know personally has experience with and has a good word to say about them. So mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing too about referrals that is why everything matters with a referral is price isn't the same concern with a referral. Because if I don't know you, I'm looking at quotes. But if somebody says, oh, Shane and Wade from the Ultimate Deck Shop are the best, they're so good to work with, you can trust them. Yep. When you give them a quote, they go, so-and-so said I could trust you, so yep. I'm trusting that this quote is 100%. good. We and touched that- on that a little bit on a previous podcast, how that <laughs> referral has instantly given you some, it's given you almost loyalty before you Absolutely. ever earned it. Absolutely, it is. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's shared loyalty. I shouldn't say that. You've earned it we've somewhere earned else. It. But, but we've said at that point, it's then your job to lose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. It's not, mm-hmm. you're not now fighting to win it. You're, yeah. You just have to keep it. And hopefully the person who referred them to you also knows you guys and isn't going to send you somebody that's, you know, you have bad customers too. That's right. The referral goes both ways. Have people looking out for your back too. Yeah. Don't go see them. (laughs) I wouldn't wish you on my worst enemy. (laughs) Pick a box store. There you go. Our home people's great. Um, So let's get into the social stuff because that's where this podcast is going to shine. It's 2019 now. Mm -hmm. So what platforms? Is it crazy? We're nine, 10, 10 11. No, you're right. By the time this airs, a couple weeks into 2019. So yeah. this thing changes fast, like you said, but there's a couple of mainstay platforms that are out there that are killing it right now. Right. Where should these Twitter, guys Facebook, be? Instagram, like, yeah, you, they need to find out where's your audience, right? Go where your people are. If you're building decks for 15 year olds, well, then you probably should be on Snapchat. <laughs> I'm sure you're not building decks for 15 year olds, but you've got a huge phone on Instagram, right? There's people there. Uh, when it comes to advertising, we always put people back to Facebook because Facebook's ad platform is just so deep and there's like what two plus billion people on the platform that it's 
it makes it very, very easy to get your message across to the right people. That doesn't mean the results are easy. It just means it's easy to get in front of the audience, yeah. hopefully, that you're looking for. So do you think that uh, Facebook also has an older demographic? Yeah, so oh, you're talking yep. about doing, for us, Shane and I talk often about focusing a lot on the renovation side of the industry, right? New builds are great, but new builds usually people are struggling to put a deck on or the home builder has done that, right? So that's a relationship created outside of it. Facebook has a little bit older demographic, easier mm-hmm. to advertise in front of those people because they're used to seeing traditional marketing. So they, you know, they may read an ad that you put on there. Yeah. And uh, like I imagine for you guys, you probably 25 and under is not your typical customer. It wouldn't yeah. be our typical customer. No, we throughout the industry, it's, well, I shouldn't say it's well known, but we've, I mean, the, the female household, makes decisions on the household with yeah. as far as when it comes to renovations and repairs, right? Yeah. And so we've always looked at Facebook as an attractive platform because it skews very well there yes. at 45-year-old yeah. wives. Absolutely, right? yeah. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be impartial no, or biased. The, that's that's, the that's just that's, the facts. Yeah, that's yeah, the, that's data. the data, right? So and it's a good place to be. Yeah, female strong present on Facebook as well. As, I mean, Instagram's owned by Facebook and it's kind of an extension of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the fastest growing segments on there are the older demographics. And, and the kids are leaving Facebook because their grandparents are coming on and posting things they don't agree with and they don't want to be associated with. But typically, everybody's on Facebook. Not everybody, but, you know, typically kind of almost 25 and up, but certainly like 30 and up. That's the strongest thing. And Facebook gives you so much data about the people to a fault, you know, in some ways that they get themselves in trouble. But you can really build a lot of different audiences. The thing about Facebook is the boost button is not your friend. And a big part of the reason why the boost button is not your friend is because Facebook can take your ad and they can show it in a lot of different places that aren't even on Facebook. So they can take your ad and put it into a website post you're reading somewhere as an ad just like in the middle of content somewhere else. And they can put it all sorts where it kind of becomes like a banner ad. If you guys remember like old banner ads, Mm -hmm. even videos, they'll play the videos on a different site completely. And you want to be able to control and keep, especially if you're doing video, which video is absolutely king on anything on a social platform, especially for advertising. You want to keep those videos in Facebook uh, as much as you can. But the, the biggest thing about it is if you're going to advertise in Facebook, it's not expensive to advertise in Facebook if you know what you're doing. Most people don't know what they're doing. And right. so it can be really expensive. And that's that's a really good point too about just the social platforms. And they change so fast and they're always evolving. And so when someone talks to you about what happened last year, what they did last year, that's actually quite irrelevant to you. And so if you're working on social, find someone who actually is in it all the time and I can point you in the right direction to help you out with that. And a lot of, I'll tell you this, a lot of the agencies, they're too big to actually have a full-time social person to actually know what they're doing on there. So you might have to look at a more, more niche person to help you out with that yeah. because it, it just, that's the reality. I mean, the other thing too is like, Actually, the best thing you could do for your business, if you could actually convince yourself to do this, is to spend 200 bucks on an online course on Facebook ads and to take a weekend and learn it. Yeah, I was just going to say, so the guys that have invested the time to listen to us ramble on, they're like they're invested in their business, right? right? They're listening to podcasts, they're watching shows, they're, they're listening to audiobooks while they drive. Like these guys are trying to grow their business. So... Yeah, an online course. Perfect. Yeah, it, there's like, I bet even like lynda.com or you can learn anything. Yeah. There's starter ones on YouTube where you can get some of it for free and get to know the people who are teaching you because that's as much of it as anything. But taking 10 or 12 hours and learning the intricacies of it could make or break your business when you begin to understand how to target people because 
like we we can spend 500 bucks on an ad on Facebook. We just did it before. We got 100,000 views, 600 shares, um, like thousands and thousands of minutes of watch time because it was well-targeted. It was a good piece of content that they enjoyed watching and it had an absolutely massive impact. But we also could have spent $500 on the exact same piece of content and got nothing if we didn't know what we were doing. I remember. So... Would it be two years ago that we hired you guys? I think so. Yeah, yeah I think so. a little bit of content yeah. for us, yeah. and then we ran an ad with you. Yeah. So two years ago, I was absolutely floored when you guys came back and you showed us the analytics of it, right? And you broke it down. I, like, So I would be a, a perfect example of your typical contractor at that point because I had just left contracting. I was just into right. the store. Right. And, some, and you guys pulled that paper out, and you were like, and then we showed it in front of these people, and this is who watched it, and this is how long, this is how long they watched yeah. it. I was just like... Holy smoke, right? So uh, it's it's deep. Yeah, and for your contractors, like Facebook allows email lists where you can upload your email list and target those people and actually create things called lookalike audiences where it'll take the demos of your email list and create another one in the same area and you go, oh, I want to target these people now that are very, very similar. Like if you know what you're doing, it can really, really help you. And to your point, it takes some work. Yeah, which is, I mean, the tough part, but it's one of those things where that is, if you're going to run a successful business, Either you need to hire someone to do it or you need to do it yourself. Yeah. Uh, but I think everybody's always like, you could be busier, you know, like you, you could everybody. I mean, you're probably not listening to this podcast if you're like, I have more work than I know what to do with. Yeah. I mean, maybe. because yeah, Some guys have that attitude, but it's the wrong attitude because in this, I mean, there's no doubt that contracting work goes through ebbs and flows with the economy, right? And so when times are good, great, everybody's working. But a lot of guys make the mistake of stopping looking for work at that time and they lose that. Yeah. They lose their well, brand the, out in the market and at the that point. And the funnel goes dry. And yeah, and then, and then it slows down and no, all of a sudden you're like, well, why isn't the work coming? And it's like, well, nobody knows about you because you were silent for six years yeah. when, the, when the market was good. Yeah. yeah. So you got to keep on it. Build that backlog. If you have a big backlog of jobs and you're booking eight months out, it's time to make a little bit more money too, yeah. right? You can charge a little bit more if you've got the customers. It's certainly not a fix and sewn thing. Your pricing can adjust with the amount of work that's coming in. It's simple sure. supply and demand, yeah. right? So um, the next two questions we had for you guys are pro- probably something we've touched on a little bit here, but... Is, is just creating the content and being like interesting enough enough or do you think it's absolutely necessary to spend a little bit of money to kind of get, expand your reach? I was going to expand on that, but I'm gonna, I think you can take it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's probably both end, but I would never tell you not to spend money if you can do it, if you do it with the principles we've been talking about. But like the most important part is that you're interested in the creative is good. Start from there. And if you do that, like we do it all the time. If we create a piece of content that is good, Facebook rewards us by letting us pay less. You can just describe yeah. what that. We pay a lot less for the ads that we push out and way more people see it because the content's good. Yeah, Facebook actually charges you a premium if people don't enjoy your ad. Because what they want is they want people to stay on Facebook and use it. That's their goal. And so if you're going to try and push out a crappy ad that people don't want to watch, which is going to provide a more negative experience on Facebook, Facebook charges you a premium. Pay for it, sucker. So when you are creating good content, they give you a score from 0 to 10. The higher your score is, the less they charge you. But the other thing, too, that people make the mistake of is they will put all their money equally. They go, I'm going to make 10 posts this month. I got, you know, a thousand bucks. I'm going to put $100 behind each post. Don't do that. What you do is you put out a post and you wait eight hours and you see are people liking commenting responding on it and then put your money behind those ones and you don't always know so you're going to create 10 posts and the, nine of them could be duds but if one's really good you'd be better off to put all thousand dollars behind that one good one because it's going to reach way more people people are going to enjoy it way more it's going to be way more effective and so you got to kind of treat it like that is going they're not all going to hit 
but have some creative ideas, try a bunch of different things. And when the, you find one that works, go well in on that. One. Have the courage to be willing to call a piece of content a dud. A lot of people go, oh, I'm going to boost the stuff that's not working because I won't be able to see it. It's like, no, no, people don't want to see that. That's why it's not working. And we go, oh, okay, I need to try again on something better reward the things that are doing well and then take that feedback and, and loop it into the next piece so that it even mm -hmm. gets stronger as you go. I think that the, the last 30 seconds, I should probably replay three times in the middle of this podcast <laughs> just to hit it home because it's not the natural way that people are going right. to think, right? The natural way is I've put out a piece of content that I think is not bad, but it only got seven views. So I better throw some money behind it because it is good. Yeah. I trust that it's yeah. good, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I did it. The people right? said, <laughs> I did this. People I wouldn't have done a terrible yet. one. And there, there, there are lots of times the opposite logic that yeah. works. Yeah, we'll go, this fear is going to crush. We put it out there and it just falls on deaf ears. We go, okay, we were wrong. And there's other times, like the rural Uber one, we're like, eh, this will do okay. And it destroyed all of our expectations. Now, I do have to say, if you've got a smaller following, maybe you only have two or 300 people, is, yeah, on the because the, the algorithm decides how many people, you may get 25 people who see it and nothing really happens with that. If you're, if you're really small, you may not get enough people who actually watch and go, oh, that's good to give the feedback to Facebook that it's a good post. So if your audience is small, you may have to go, well, put $10, don't put 100, put 10 bucks behind it, push it out to your audience and their friends and see if that gives you enough to be able to tell. Like make sure at least a few hundred people have seen it so it's not such a small data set, but keep the majority of your budget for when you see something that's really working. Good info. I remember when you guys told us that or we talked about it, I don't know where it came from, but it, the idea was that you would boost something that was already doing well. <laughs> it was like my head exploded, right? Mm -hmm. Like poof. That's because you were drinking Absolutely. the night before. <laughs> <laughs> it was already exploded. It was already pounding. Yeah. Boom, boom. boom. Yeah. Just like a little pinprick on the side. Yeah. <laughs> the balloon is popped. So just this is kind of an on-the-spot question, but for the I'll tell you what's happening out there right now for the most for the majority of contractors. They do a job, they finish a job, they take a picture, they post that. That's about the level of effort that the average contractor is making right Some now. Some guys have a drone, they'll fly it up, take right. a picture from take, up top. Those big, went, those big went picture. well, right? Those are good for now. So, but what kind of content should they be creating? Is like just taking a picture of the final project doesn't tell the whole story, right? Doesn't tell, doesn't really tell anything about the contractor other than, well, they take good pictures or their work looks good from afar. What kind of content do you think people will really engage with? And let's, because it's a deck podcast, let's say it's, you know, decks, mm -hmm. not plumbing or something. Yep. I, I mean, for me, the thing is, is I want to know that a contractor does good work. But more than that, I want to know that the contractor is going to do what they say they're going to do, and I'm going to enjoy having them around. You want because to know the contractor, right? Be too, right? Because I, I mean, and maybe it's just me, but I don't think building a deck is like that difficult. Like it's a deck, you know. Now I know that the thing is, I know that it is. I know. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Right there he goes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know that that is not the case, yeah. but but generally when you, like <laughs> lots of people, when they think of a deck, they think of like, oh, I just need a wood deck, you know, but obviously there's lots of ins and outs of it. And you're going to find that out when they can talk to you and you can explain to them the difference of your process and how you build it and how you do all those things. But what I want is I want to do business with a good person, yeah. not just 
a nice looking, great, you have a good looking deck, but everybody's different. Some people are, all they care about is a finished product and they don't care about the process. I'm a little different. I'm like, I want it to be 90% good, but I want to enjoy my experience and not be working with somebody who's a jerk, who's gruff, who I don't want to have my kids around, who I, you know, like in that well, that's, process. That's the thing, because with a lot of these projects, there's some exceptions, some guys that are doing some crazy stuff that's maybe beyond somebody's capacity. But for the most part, these decks, the level of craftsmanship can be built by a bunch of guys. Right. You know, all your competitors can probably build a good deck. But if you can use the analogy of buying, let's say you're going to go buy a new car. You want to buy a new you know, yeah. Ferrari. Let's say it's a really nice car you're going to drop a lot of money on. Do you want to buy it from the sleazy car sales guys Absolutely. that pushes it down your throat? Or do you want to buy it from the guy yeah. you establish a good rapport with? You have trust. You can ask questions. He's there to support you. It's like you walk in. In the car. end... You're getting the same result. Yeah, and but I, it's the I want to be looked after during it. Yeah. Exactly. Show, showcase to me the process you're going to have for customer service. I hear stories about you know different contractors that wear you know booties indoors to keep the dust off. Like, that's a really small thing, but that means a lot to certain people. Like the more that you can showcase the fact that one, you're a good person, but two, you're going to look after me. And for me, I don't, I don't know. You may have guessed this. I'm not very fit, like handy with a lot of this stuff. I don't actually know it. So if you can talk to me like and, and respect me as a real person as opposed to talking down to me because I don't, I know how to use a, a drill or a hammer very well, that goes really far with me, right? Because I'm like, oh, you understand the fact that I'm not handy and that I'm hiring you and you're not holding it over me. You're coming <laughs> along with me and going, okay, like, yeah. here's what I'm going to do. You're going to walk me through it. Like, the more that you can take my defenses down and let me know that you're going to look after me, the better off I am. And, yeah. and trusting that you might actually, if something goes wrong after the fact, take care of me because it's That's a big right. investment, right? Yep. And we all hear the story of, yeah, they were great, they came did it, but then I had an issue and I never heard from them again. Once yep. I got their money, they were out. It can be pretty hard to, the trust and rapport thing is so important to build and it can be pretty tough to do that in 30 minutes at the customer's home upon our first meeting. Sure. Right? And so if you even get invited there in the first Absolutely. place. So much of that can be taken care of by having an active feed, whether it's Instagram, wherever you're, wherever people are watching, wherever the attention is, that gives people confidence before they ever even meet you and gives them a reason to want to meet you because they've gained some confidence in you. I know that I had jobs that came straight off Instagram because they saw not only the finished product, but they saw me personally yep. on it. They saw that when we were building the frame and doing the piles underneath that you don't ever see when the job's all done, that we were doing it properly. Right. We were taking an approach of teaching other people how to do it. So it's like, well, they clearly yep. know what they're doing. They're taking this approach of teaching. So, so much of that can be, and it's the same as having a referral from a friend, I think. If they come to you and be like, I've been following your Instagram for two years and I yeah. want to work with you. They it's actually, yours to lose. They actually right? think you're a friend. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Yeah. They've been yeah. watching yeah. you for two years. They're yeah. like, they're my friends. Yeah. And and the other thing too, I would say is, you know, we run into this, we have friends, like they work in insurance and they're not legally allowed to talk about really anything insurance wise on the internet because it all depends. And like, well, what do we talk about? And it's like, whatever you care about or like, you like the Blue Jays or you like this thing is people want to find common ground. Yep. Right. And so you can be thinking like, I don't even know what to talk about like I don't have something right now that I can talk about is show a little bit of yourself your personality what you care about to give people something to latch onto and grab onto because it can get like you could I mean depending like you maybe do enough interesting jobs Shane but there could be somebody who's like I got a string of four jobs over the next you know six weeks and there's they're not that exciting like what do I talk about or what do I do you know what and I'm, and I'm not building anymore and, and if I'm I'm even personally struggling to find how to what to even put in content for my own feed now I built this great following when I when I was building and I was posting and helping and it was growing and growing and then I stopped building and it's like well shoot now what do I post and yeah. I think you just kind of stalled right 
But I think so. You picked a mustache, and so it crushed, and it crushed. A photo of a mustache. Yeah. Who knew? Like, it's I very think relatable. I might just go down that. Path. <laughs> I think we should grow it out. Yeah. But surprisingly, so you mentioned that like me, I built some really cool things. I did, but the posts that did the best were not usually the final product portfolio. I mean, they did good if they were super amazing projects, yeah. or whatever. But the ones that did the best were always the how tos. It was the stuff that you would consider boring. It's the how the does contractor this, you yeah. the contractor you the contractor would consider boring. How did you like? How do you how does this rain system install like to me that's that's like a yeah. crappy part of the job i don't enjoy it but just showing the how-to how that works those always did so yeah. well numerous contractors i've talked to say that their posts that they get the best engagement with the most likes most comments are the framing, framing. stage pay, uh, pictures huh. before the pretty stuff even goes right. on people like to know how it was built what's underneath how is this because that's work? where you don't get to see like well, I that's where you kind learn of, yourself you see the deck and you're like okay i think i can figure out the top part but i have no idea what's going exactly, on under that yeah. but i think the the ultimate rule of social if you know anything on social is give more than you take if you do that, you are going to do well on... Yeah, it's straight from Gary B. I just pretend like it's mine. But, you know, that's... I mean, that's a thank you, Connor. That's that's everything. But is... So many people on there asking all the time, like, hey, buy my... Pro like, you're basically saying buy my product or yeah. service. You're advertising, but you're not giving anything of value to the people who follow you. Yeah. Focus on giving them a ton of value, building that long-term stuff. It'll work out okay. Are there some tools you guys use that help you kind of manage social media a little bit for the guys who are busy quoting and building and doing all this stuff? Are there some tools out there that they can use to kind of make this process a little bit easier? We we don't use any other tools. There's lots out there. Like you can have a Hootsuite tool that can be free for a contractor that you can actually schedule out posts, that sort of stuff. But again, we live in it, right? So like, this is our job yeah. full-time. So we don't need that we're in it every day. If we can't put a post out, we have a real problem. But a lot of companies do. A lot of companies will like, hey, this is the best I can do right now. I'm going to schedule out my posts a couple weeks out and then they do that. Yeah. We prefer a mixture of both those things. Like be planned, but be spontaneous as well. Like always be trying to find the good content of like, hey, I landed on this mustache photo and it's crushing. Okay, well, that's a piece of data I can use for the next post. And part of the reason why those tools I think sometimes can get in the way is people will schedule their posts and then people will respond to them, but they're busy because yeah. they weren't they weren't doing that when it's social media. Yeah. The most important thing you can do on there is respond to every single comment and you have this wonderful opportunity now in the social media world you didn't have before. You can build relationships with people without ever having met them in person with them stepping foot in the door picking up the phone and calling you you can have conversations and they can get to know and trust you and so posting in the moment is kind of the best thing because if somebody responds get right back in there be yeah, talking to that's them. so crazy my wife posted she was having a conversation with somebody about uh, an article of clothing or something right so they were gonna send her clothing she sent a question back to that lady and was like whatever when do you think you'll send it two and a half hours later she responded and like JJ was furious. It was like, what happened? Yeah. Like we were talking, yeah. I'm engaging with you on your content and all of a sudden you're gone Yeah. for like half the day. You know, yeah, and the other side yeah, of that is we just went to New York and stayed New York State and stayed with friends that we had never met before. They're all co-YouTubers. Yeah. We stayed at their house. We slept in their house. And if, for all I know, they could have, you know, been sociopaths, but they weren't because we built this relationship through the internet. Yeah. 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 And there's a ton of trust. So the other thing too is pick one platform and do it well, as opposed to feeling like, oh, I need to be on Twitter, I need to be on Facebook, I need to be on Instagram, I need to be on YouTube, I need to be on Snapchat, I need to be on oh, because I see so and so who they don't realize has a team of five people helping them out on all these platforms is pick the one that like you know 
or if you're not sure, like just go on Facebook, actually learn what it's like to be a normal human being on Facebook, get into that or Instagram. Those are two good platforms. Twitter's also great. Like find one you gravitate towards, just do one well. Yeah. At least get that one on your belt and get comfortable with it. Right? Yeah. yeah. Spreading your, your eggs too thin. Yeah, you just won't do eggs a good job at any of them. I've never yeah, spread my eggs my, too thin. Spread yourself. Spread your eggs. <laughs> just take them all, all of your cliches, <laughs> yeah. and then just <laughs> spread them too thin. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well done. <laughs> we had some good ones. Yeah. That came up recently. And some I buttered my eggs yeah. in the basket. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Yeah. I found that Instagram buttered my eggs in the basket, and so that's what I went. With. This could be an entire an entire podcast <laughs> yeah, on yeah. modified cliches. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so let's say that these people that we're talking about don't have the time they've, or, or the willingness or the they don't enjoy it, they don't want to do it, but they know that it's an important thing to do. Necessary evil, right? Mm-hmm. What can a small agency like you guys do for them? And does it have to, does it have to cost a lot of money? Because someone probably thinking like, I don't even know who to go to, what they can do for me, or what it's going to cost me. No, like there's, there's, there's people like us, or if we want to call ourselves social contractors, which in this case we're not, but there's people that are working in social that are all over the map. And like anything, when you work with someone, you need to find out well, you know, what you're willing to pay and are they good at what they do and then go from there. Like the way you evaluate other businesses is the same way you should evaluate the people that are doing your social. And I would say that there are hard ad costs that are the same for everyone. Like if you're gonna be advertising on Facebook, $100 here is $100 mm-hmm. there, but people will charge you different dollars per hour. And if you're gonna be paying less, it's probably someone less experienced than paying a bit more. And you know, yeah, evaluate where that's gonna work. Because if you go to a big agency, they could charge you a lot of money but and not get the results. But the thing that you need to hold people accountable to is like how many leads are we getting? Or like you need to be able to feel a tangible impact and have them report that. What people oftentimes will try and do is say, oh, we got you this many impressions. Like, hey, a million people saw this. Or we got you 100,000 views on this. Well, you need to understand enough to go a little bit deeper. Okay, 100,000 views, how long were people watching for? You know, and if they can't, if they come back and saying, well, they average about two seconds view, it's like, well, that's not, or if they're going, hey, you're nine, 10, 11 seconds, or the best thing is if you can connect it to an actual like funnel in some way, like your website, uh, contact us page or something where you can actually see them clicking through and seeing, taking more actions. Don't let somebody just return to you these high level, oh, big, uh, big numbers of millions of people. It's like, at the end of the day, they should be able to be accountable with today's tools to go, hey, we saw, we, we spent, you know, $1,500, we got 73 people that clicked through to your website, and we can see that 21 people filled out your contact form or dialed your phone number. If they can't give that to you, they probably aren't advanced enough in this world. You should find somebody else. Well, and like it's got to be regional and geographically relevant too, right? Like if somebody's in Las Vegas, getting 100 people to reply or watch that video that are actually from Las Vegas is better than a million that are from Montreal. It's got to be a qualified lead for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Anything else you guys want to touch on there? I've got a quick one. So if you're in... If you're in Facebook and it's telling you share this to Instagram or you're in Instagram and it's saying mm, share question. this to Facebook, what do you how do you feel about that? It's been it's been a little bit since I tested that. The last time that I tested that, if you went on Facebook and you just checked the box to share it to Instagram, you would you would see about a 90% drop in engagement versus taking the extra 10 seconds to even copy and paste the same title and upload it directly in Facebook. It has been a while since I tested that, but the last time it was like, if they saw you were being lazy with it, they weren't going to show it to many people. Yeah, which makes makes sense, right? Like you're just pushing the same content everywhere and your audience might be actually 
geographically or demographically different on Facebook to Instagram, well, okay, well, then go through the effort and, and give them something different. And yeah. you can actually get a lot more value. If people are following you in multiple places for different reasons, they, that can actually be a good thing. Once you master one platform and do the next one, like our followers on Twitter are mostly from Vegas and they love the Vegas Golden Knights. And so we post a little bit more Vegas Golden Knights content on there. Whereas, you know, our Facebook page, a lot of our big champions are a little bit more local around here or Western Canadian. There's some of them there, but they get a little bit different flavor versus our Instagram is a little bit more of a mix, but we kind of know the people respond to different content in different places. And so if you're just copying and pasting to both places, then people have no reason to follow you in both, you know, but it, it's kind of like, well, like... Yep. I've got a selfish question because I just saw that Instagram is releasing a feature where it allows you to post to multiple accounts at the same time. So this is relevant to me because I operate my the Shane mm-hmm. Chapman account and then I have, we have the store account, the Ultimate Deck Shop account, which I also operate. And sometimes, like to promote this podcast, for example, I want to put it on both. And sometimes I stagger it so it's not right. showing up at the same time, whatever. But apparently it's already out for iOS. I've got Android, so I haven't seen it yet. But apparently there's an option to also post this to other accounts. And you can just check. So I could post to Shane Chapman. With the click of a button, also post that to the Ultimate Deck Shop. Probably too new for you guys to have stats on, but do you think that that's going to get treated the same way, that there's going to be like a drop in engagement because you're just copying it over, even though it's the same platform? Honestly, no idea. The fact that Instagram is bringing it in, you know, it's filling some kind of need. Uh, but without testing, I have no idea. Yeah. Probably, I mean, probably what's going to happen is they're going to look at, okay, you're posting at Shane Chapman and you're posting at Ultimate Deck Shop. Well, let's look at how many people from the Ultimate Deck Shop engage with it. Okay, some, so we'll push it out there. And they'll look at them individually, kind of like uniquely, and just see what's the engagement like. And that's all these social media algorithms care about is, are people engaging with it? If they are, we'll show it to more people. If they're not, we're going to show it to less people. Yeah. Final, well, maybe not final. We might go off on a tangent here. But for those people that are walking away from this, what are we at, hour-long podcast potentially here? And I've done a lot of learning and they're like, all right, I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. I want some more content. Who are your guys' influences? And I know some of them just from knowing you guys personally, but who would you recommend people get on board with and listen to on a daily slash weekly basis? The the one guy that we both, I probably would share would be Gary Vaynerchuk. The Shane Chapman. <laughs> the <laughs> Shane Chapman. Yeah, Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk does a good job. The reason I like him is because he talks high level a lot about big themes about human behavior and how we approach this stuff. But once in a while, if you listen to any of his podcasts, he'll actually get down to the tactics because he's always in the same stuff too, right? And that's what helps me out is going, oh, he tested this out and this is his response from it. And sometimes it's just as simple as, hey, you want to get someone's attention? DM 100 different people and maybe you'll get one back. Well, that's one more than you had before. Uh, but I know that you I mean you've met him and he's kind of your guru. So yeah, I don't, I don't actually listen to many other people, and I don't listen to him as much as I used to. I, I go through phases where I need a little inspiration and new creative ideas, um, but. I just find like YouTube for me is the gold mine for anything. If I want to learn something or I want to know about something, I just go to YouTube and punch it in and I kind of live, eat and sleep, breathe that, whether it's fixing a washing machine or changing something on my car or fixing a vacuum cleaner, like everything's on there that you need. It's just go there and type something in and start watching till you find somebody that you resonate with and then, yeah, just keep going. But more than anything is just use common sense and try something and try and take five minutes to measure or compare it to something else to see if it worked. 
and then try something else and try something else because you're never going to find somebody who's speaking exactly to what you're doing. But especially if you'll invest in the Facebook ads platform, they'll be like, cool, do you want to ABCDE test this? Let's try five different audiences. Let's try females of uh, interested in this. Let's try males in this. Let's try this. And they'll run the ads for you and bring the results back to you and say, all right, we tried it five different ways. Like that's to me is kind of marketing 101. Try something, see if it worked. Yeah, I like, the, I like the idea where you guys said, don't be afraid to fail, right? No, Put yeah. it out. If it's a dud, it's a dud. Cut it, move yeah, on. The Facebook ad agency he was talking about, they showed us this one ad, which, you know, it looked ugly aesthetically, but they showed us the map to get there. Like this one worked, the ugly one worked. They had 160 different ads that they yeah. tested to try to noodle down to this one, which they would say, you know, cracked the funnel, whereas they put money into this one and it paid money back. Yeah. But like it takes a lot of work to get there. Like that's 159 failures to get to the right one. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the interesting, so I'm a big Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V fan as well. And one of the things he says is like kind of reiterates all the time is do as I do, not as I say. Like stop listening to me and go just watch what I'm doing because you'll learn more that way. And I think that's a good point because it's easy to go Google things. But because this social thing is changing so fast, you never know unless you're paying yeah. attention if you're, what you're reading is still relevant. It could be six months old and already not relevant. Tons right? of that. You yeah. go on there and be like Instagram says – or whatever, joeblow.com says that you should have 30 hashtags on Instagram. And the next guy will say, well, actually yeah. 11 is the number yeah. nowadays, right? That post is six months old. And Gary Vaynerchuk is saying the same thing. He's like, Listen, I've got a team of people doing this. So if you see me change direction, yeah. if you see all of a sudden I'm not putting hashtags in my post, I'm putting them in the comments, or I've gone from 30 to two, it's because we've, we've noticed something. So yeah. just do what I do. Absolutely. Somebody had a great post. It was, what's the best time to post on social media, whether Instagram, Facebook, and a company basically aggregated from 30 different companies, all experts in the field are the best time to post. And when they layered them all on top, they're like, basically anytime, because so-and-so said the best time was at seven. Next one was like eight. Next one was nine. Next one was 10. Next one was 11. And they literally had a different answer of different times for everything. But at the end of the day is if you create something that is interesting, people will watch it. Just put it out there. Just yeah. put it out and see what happens. Just try something. It it's finds just like, its way to the top if it's good enough. Yeah. yeah. Right. And just so. throw stuff at the wall till it sticks. Yeah. And when it sticks, try and figure out why it's stuck and then keep going. Yeah. That's right. You have way more chance of hitting Homer if you bat bat 100 times versus yeah. one, right? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Who's that? Uh, Jordan. Right? Made the most, he made the most shots of anybody in the NBA, right? But took the most. But he took the most. Yeah. He also <laughs> yes, missed right. the yeah. most, right? Yeah. Nobody talks about his misses. Yeah. Well, this is Michael Jordan? Yeah. I've heard of him. <clears throat> yeah. He's the music guy, right? Yeah. Michael B. That's Jordan. Google him if you haven't heard of him. <laughs> there will be stuff on YouTube. Look him up. <laughs> yeah. It's been great, guys. I really appreciate you taking the time to come down to our cozy little store here and share your wealth of information that you spent two years like right in it and then a bunch of other years with experience and now you're sharing it to everybody for I, I promise we better at rock band. I gave you a Coke. Too, so. I gave you a Coke. That was your payment for this. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's good. It's $1. fifty worth of You should have taken the Coke that I offered. No, it's good. Yeah. Now it's a volunteer thing, so. Yeah. Where can these, <laughs> we owe you. And you gave more than you took. Shoot. Good for you. <laughs> I'm in debt. Oh, right. Shoot. Where can everybody find you? Instagram, uh, Facebook, what are your tags? Any, any handle at Justin and Greg. If you Justin those in. and E. Greg. Justin and Greg. You'll find us. Yeah, we have fun. Yeah. Tune into the show, you guys. It's great. Even if you're not from Regina, it's not, you know, it's not super local all the time. There's value there for people that aren't from no. here. Actually, Honestly. our Facebook live show we do every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Central time. We're actually working with Facebook's live team now. So more in than California. ever, more than ever, it's an international yeah. 93% show. 93% of our audience is not from Saskatchewan. So, yeah, we're trying to talk more about just, we talk about the weird, wild, fun things in the world. 
And when you comment, you get to be a part of the show. So yeah, and super, potentially win a prize fun. like a Nintendo Switch or AirPods or Beats headphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was yeah, sure I had it that one day. We have a prize wheel one. now, so yeah, there's always everybody's going to be show. winning. Sweet, we actually want to have a couple of bum prizes, but mostly good prizes. Do you guys ship anywhere with these? Yeah, yeah. now yeah. anywhere north, probably in the world. Actually, yeah, we'll buy it off Amazon. Holy just, smokes! Yeah, there you go. You yeah. can win. It's actually probably the easiest way to win something like high price like that. If you want AirPods and you want to win it, you probably have a one in yeah. 200 chance. Well, the night that I was watching there, your show, I think you guys had, there was about 100 people actively on there when you when you're yeah. doing the giveaway for the Switch. And I was like, I've got a one in 100 yeah, chance. That's a pretty good chance. Pretty good odds. Yeah. Pretty good odds. Yeah. But so. now that the 10,000 people listening to this podcast hear about it, it might be slightly yeah, better. Expect but, you know, to, yeah, expect to grant Cardone 10x yourselves okay, after this. Like so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good. Awesome. Okay, thanks guys so much for tuning in. You guys go out there and follow Justin and Greg. They're doing some great things. Um, someday you're going to see their faces on something bigger than this show. So... It'll be interesting to follow their their journey. Watch Jimmy Fallon. Watch. Oh boy. Teaser. See you later. Have a good week. <laughs>